and welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. Friends, I would like to talk about October surprises. Years ago, I guess it was in 1980, and the hostage crisis and all uh, with Iran, Democrats believe Republicans were pulling an October surprise in the election to try to shift the election. You know, uh, there was a a, uh, time when... Democrats actually in Congress investigated whether George H.W. Bush, who had been the um, CIA director for a time before becoming the um, before becoming the vice president of the United States for Ronald Reagan, uh, there was allegations that he had taken an SR-71 Blackbird to Spain to meet with Iranians in 1980 to arrange the release of hostages from Iran after Reagan was sworn into office. The term of the uh, phrase, the October surprise, came when Ronald Reagan feared a last-minute deal to release those hostages as a way to persuade the election. The Carter administration appeared to be preparing a major military operation from rumors about uh, them trying to rescue the hostages. A declassified CIA memo from 1980 concluded that uh, the Iranians wanted to exploit the hostage situation to bring about Carter's defeat in November. They didn't like Carter, uh, but Reagan was convinced that Carter was going to try to do something drastic to free the hostages as an October surprise. Uh, Thereafter, all the time, we have seen these sorts of supposed October surprises come about. In uh, the year 2000, the Democrats saved up till the end a DUI arrest allegation against uh, George W. Bush from 1976. Time and time again, each side has looked at the other side as plotting some sort of October surprise. In 2004, Saudi Arabia cut the price of oil late in the presidential campaign season. People close to John Kerry's campaign said that it was because the Saudis were trying to help George W. Bush. Concurrently, this year, the Saudis are cutting uh, back on their oil, raising the price of oil, and the Democrats are concluding It is an October surprise designed to help the Republicans because the Saudis don't like Joe Biden. Well, I got a sneaking suspicion we've got another October surprise coming. But it's going to come this Friday, the railroad strike. The Biden administration is engaged in emergency executive action to try to uh, head off what could be a pretty crippling strike. Now, I got to tell you, yesterday, I, I I somewhat flippantly said, you know, as, as a partisan, the Democrats seem so excited about a rebound in the polling, it kind of would be funny to see 
a railroad strike on Friday. I actually don't think that it's going to happen. Eight of the 12 railroad unions have cut a deal. Four of them are still holding out. The Biden administration is taking no chances. They're trying to make sure some critical supplies around the country can still make it to uh parts around the country. Keep in mind, there's still a 61% shortage of baby formula at grocery stores right now. The Biden administration has not been able to fix that issue. So the Biden administration wants to make sure medical supplies in particular have supply chain operations. They're issuing executive orders to make sure it happens. I'm not 100% sure that the um the, the the situation is going to uh, cause a strike on Friday. I'm just not sure that it is. Now, I will tell you, I, I have a lot of, I didn't realize how many people in the railroad w- listened to my show. And I've had multiple people from Georgia, from North Carolina, from Virginia, from Florida, from Ohio, from Oklahoma and around who work for the railroad industry. And based on their Instagram profiles, I assure you, they actually do work for railroad industries. And they're saying they're all voting for a strike. It has nothing to do with partisanship. It has nothing to do with hurting the economy. It has nothing to do with hurting Biden. They're all, they all lean to the right. They listen to me. But they're furious with the deals, and they feel like the Biden administration is undermining what they want, and it's all quality of life. This happens after this inflation report. If there actually is a strike, it's going to cripple the economy. I can somewhat flippantly say for partisan's sake, I think it would be funny to see, but in reality, it would be very, very serious and not very good for our economy. And it may happen. And you know what's going to happen in response? Did you know 30 people close to Donald Trump were subpoenaed to a federal grand jury? They're investigating January 6th. Y'all, the media is about to disproportionately talk about this. 30 individuals close to Donald Trump have been subpoenaed to a federal grand jury that's escalating its investigation into a possible criminal plot to subvert Congress and block the counting of the Electoral College. As we go into a strike and the economy tanks, the media is going to focus on Donald Trump because they're doing everything they can to help the Democrats. Therein lies the October surprise. I don't think they will indict Donald Trump, but at this point, I don't know. But they're going to try something. And I want to be very clear and honest with you. I think I have very low opinion at this point of the people who are still convinced the election was stolen in November. I'm not going to relitigate it with you, but I've had so many people say, what about this? 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 You look at all of them. There's no there there. And there's still more. What about, what about, what about, what about, what about at some point you, you run into a legal standard that can't be met. Were there problems? Yes. Were there screw ups? Yes. Was there some fraud? Yes. Does it meet the legal standard to throw out an election and start over? No, it doesn't. You do this for a living. It doesn't. I don't think there was an organized plot, however, to try to uh, subvert the election, block the Electoral College, and storm Congress. I don't think there was. We are talking about a group of fringe conspiracy theorists on the short bus to my pillow factory. I don't think these people are smart enough 
to concoct some sort of uh, master plot to overthrow the United States Congress. And that's what this investigation is about. I, it probably happened organically. There were probably some people who wanted to storm Congress. But do I really think there was some sort of master plot by Donald Trump to commit a coup? No, it's nonsense. It's the fevered dreams of the left that Merrick Garland has to investigate to placate his bosses. Could there have been crimes along the way? Yes. Here in Georgia, a local elections official gave some of the president's supporters access to elections equipment, possibly in violation of the law. There's a district attorney looking into it. Around the country, there were probably people who, in trying to show the election was stolen, themselves broke the law. And they will be punished. There are people being prosecuted for storming the U.S. Capitol. I have to say, though, look at the judge in Georgia. A district attorney, the Fulton County District Attorney in Georgia, is investigating Donald Trump's phone call to the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. They have subpoenaed the governor of the state of Georgia, Brian Kemp. And a judge in Georgia has said, no, you can't talk to him before the election. It could have impact on the election, and this should not be a partisan issue. So wait. So wait. The statute of limitations is not going to expire. And I feel the same way and think the same way. It's not just a feeling. There's actually some real thought behind it that the federal government should wait until November to further pursue anything about January 6th. Now, listen, there are people out there, loud people, some of whom are friends of mine, and they say, well, justice, we don't delay justice for you and me. Why should we delay justice for Trump? Because Donald Trump is not you and me. He's the former president of the United States. In the same way the federal government was measured in its approach to Hillary Clinton, they should be measured in this approach in an election. There is a long-settled precedent in the federal government that they do not become open and transparent about investigations that could affect the election. Hunter Biden was under investigation by the federal government before the November election in 2020, and the Trump Justice Department refused to say a word about it publicly until after the election was over. The the very idea, frankly, that, well, justice doesn't wait for you and me, it shouldn't wait for Donald Trump, it, it sounds to be very American, Democratic, Republican thinking, but actually it's very dumb because it suggests that we are all equal people in this country. And the reality is that presidents of the United States and former presidents of the United States, by virtue of their positions they hold in this country, should be treated a little bit differently, particularly when investigating them could impact the democratic processes of this country and trust in the institutions of this country. Now, I know some of you are so broken by Donald Trump that makes you angry to think that maybe we should delay a few months of an investigation, not drop it, just wait, so it doesn't impact November. But what's so hilarious to me is the logic is so backwards here, because what you're actually saying is that we should allow 
a prosecution to move forward that could have detrimental impact on our democracy as they investigate whether or not someone had detrimental impact on our democracy. So you can cause disruption in our democracy by investigating a supposed disruption in our democracy. If you can't recognize the fact that some people in this country, by virtue of their positions, do have to be treated a little bit differently on the left and the right, I I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I suspect it's because you just want him under a jail yesterday. You don't really care. You, you're not really being thoughtful about it. You don't care what it may do to our trust and system, what it might do to the legal system, what it might do to the election. You don't care because you hate him so much. Try to put your hate aside and look at this as a reasonable person. There are people in this country, by virtue of the positions they hold in this country, who you don't go out and just treat them like everyone else. Certainly you say, oh, the American ideal is that we're all treated the same, but that's not how the system works, and it's not how the system has ever worked going back to the beginning of the Republic. Why? Because the people in charge of the Justice Department have always kind of understood that there can be such disruptions to the system at times like this that they pause during an election season lest the Justice Department can be accused of manipulating the election. It's why Bill Barr did not talk about Hunter Biden. It is why the Justice Department did not go fully into the server details of Hillary Clinton. It is why this has happened repeatedly when things are on the ballot. Democrats for a year have said they wanted Donald Trump on January 6th on the ballot. They wanted a referendum on that. And lo and behold, the Justice Department comes rip-roaring in right before the election as an October surprise and makes it an issue. If you don't understand how that can undermine people's confidence in the legitimacy of the process and make it look like a political witch hunt, that's because your soul has been broken by American politics and you're no longer a rational, thoughtful person. And that's not on me, that's on you. This is the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you're a big deal or want your business to be a big deal, reach out to them, see if they can help your business grow. You're buying a building, building a building, expanding or growing or buying a franchise, they can help you. Deals $750,000 or more. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. FirstLibertyGA.com. They can help you nationwide. Who is killing the Russians? The Russians have had a series of setbacks. Things are not going well for them in Ukraine. And now another crony of Vladimir Putin's has died. Uh, supposedly fell off a boat while drunk. Uh, this is from the uh, the Sun. Uh, so this is the seventh suspicious death. Uh, even uh, Pechorin, who was Russia's point man on developing the Arctic, fell overboard a boat, supposedly drunk. His body was found on a nearby island. He was 39. Uh, Reveal Maganov, chairman of Russia's oil giant, Lick Oil, uh, was pushed out of a hospital. Let's just say he was pushed. They say he fell. He plunged. He was pushed. And he was in charge of uh, one of the major oil companies. He was a friend. Both were friends of Vladimir Putin. In July, Yuri uh, Vonorov, who is 61, head of transport logistics for Gazprom, 
was found dead in his swimming pool. There were two more deaths of Gazprom executives. Alexander Chilakov, 61, was the financial security official and deputy general director for Gazprom. He's dead. He hanged himself, supposedly. Leonid Shulman, 60, the head of transport for Gazprom, was also killed. Alexander Sabotin, a billionaire, he's 43 years old, linked to Lukoil, also uh, died. Uh, Vladislav Ayenov, a former Kremlin official, supposedly killed his wife and daughter and himself. He was linked to Gazprom Bank, the financial institution. Sergei uh, Protosinia also was hanged in Spain. He was former deputy chairman of Novatech, a company with ties to the Kremlin. Yegevdiv Palant, 47, and his wife Olga, uh, both Ukrainian were stabbed to death, uh, found by their daughter. Uh, Putin has seemed very shocked and upset by a couple of these. He showed up at their funerals. Some of them, however, he may be doing, uh, forcing some realignment with the Kremlin, but it appears the story is not so simple as Putin is axing everyone, uh, and it is not so simple as someone else is axing all of Putin's friends. It appears to be Putin might be killing off some people in the Kremlin, and some people might be killing off people in the Kremlin who are uh, Putin ties. It's kind of a messy story, and nobody really knows how to read it. I suspect American intelligence sources that aren't saying anything have a better picture of what's happening. But it's causing some warning signs around the world that things inside the Kremlin are not going well. And, in fact, there have been some major explosions outside of uh, Moscow, including another weapons depot going up in flames. And and there are more people suggesting that it might be time for Putin to go away and, and more and more prominence. Now, Iran has started sending the Russians more technology. Iran is providing drones to the Russians. The Chinese are providing money to the Russians. The Russians are providing oil to China. We're seeing a new axis of evil taking shape. But near Kharkiv, Ukrainian troops have continued after retreating Russian forces who are dropping their guns and running. Ukraine's border guard services said the army took control of Vovchinesk, a town two miles from Russia that was seized on the first day of the war. Russia says it's withdrawn as regrouping in the northeast of Kharkiv. Uh, there is some uh, warnings that the Ukrainians have pushed in so far, so deep, so quickly that their supply chain can't catch up, and that's making them vulnerable to counterattack by the Russians. But what's happening is not good for Russian morale. What's happening is not good for the Russians there, but also what's happening are these assassinations in and around the Kremlin of people in their late 30s, early 40s, most of them, a couple in their 50s and 60s. They've all gotten very, very wealthy as oligarchs tied to Vladimir Putin, people seen as key allies of his, and they're dropping like flies, falling out of windows, accidental hangings, accidental drownings, drunkenly falling over boats. It sounds like Putin is cleaning up his house, but also it sounds like people are targeting Putin's key allies and funders and the people who have provided him a base of power and support to stay in power, this is more destabilizing to the Russians than I think Putin ever acknowledged. And we should be rooting for Russian injuries here as this thing plays out.
It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on this here program? Now, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. I'm going to try to get through, and this is kind of a significant one. Um, I'm, I'm having to, to shake up and reprioritize some things here as we've uh, wound out the show, this economic news. You should know, by the way, uh, it is 2.35 p.m. The Charlie texted me uh, two minutes ago and said the Dow Jones Industrial was now down 966 points. Um, it's now down 990 points. In the last two minutes, it went from 960 to 990. Um, this is this is not good for Democrats. It's not good for any of us. The sell-off continues. You should also know the Treasury yield has spiked to the highest it's been since 2007. Dave Nicholas joined me earlier, was pointing out uh, you can get a better return on by buying Treasury bonds right now than a lot of stuff out there. It's just not a good setup right now. There are a lot of problems out there. I need to talk about something that is going to happen here. It's already starting to happen here. Natural gas prices are up about 30%, uh, and it's starting to have ramifications around the world. Paris is turning off the Eiffel Tower's lights an hour earlier than normal. They're also lowering the water temperature in municipal pools, and they're going to delay heating public buildings to save energy. The measures are aimed at curtailing energy costs in Europe. These are not good things that are happening. The lights on the Eiffel Tower are kind of symbolic in Paris. Uh, you can see the Eiffel Tower from major parts of the city. They keep it lit up bright. Uh, they they lit it the other night. Uh, actually, they dimmed all but the top. They put in red, white, and blue in honor of Queen Elizabeth. Typically, though, they light it bright. They're not going to now. This is happening across Europe. Prices are starting to go up for energy significantly. Uh, the British have decided to expand fracking and get back in the natural gas game. Uh, the David Cameron administration and the Theresa May administration decided they needed to crack down on it for global warming to meet the Paris Accord standards. And now they're having to get back to it. But not only that, brace yourself for this because this is where we need to head. This is from Axios. Coal prices are soaring as the global energy crisis forces power providers worldwide to boost usage of the carbon-laden mineral. A renewed embrace of coal represents a turnabout from the previous global focus on cutting emissions. Coal prices around the world have reached new highs in recent weeks. Europe's benchmark coal futures price is up 90%. Australia's Newcastle coal benchmark for the Asian markets has hit a new record. U.S. coal prices are hitting records of nearly $200 per, per short ton. For much of the last decade, dirt-cheap natural gas prices and efforts to cut carbon emissions combined to drastically reduce the usage of coal for power production. With Russia cutting off gas to Europe over the Nord Stream pipeline, they're having to come up with new ways. Germany has restarted coal-fired plants. Italy, Austria, and the Netherlands have announced similar concerns. 
in China. A drought has cut hydroelectric power so much they've had to go back to coal. In France, the heat's left rivers too warm to properly cool its nuclear power plants, and so they've had to cut back. They can't cool their nuclear power plants the way they were designing it. And that's causing U.S. prices to come back as well. Now, there's a larger issue here, and this is where we need to go with this. I don't say this lightly. This is somewhat broken record time for me because I've been telling you this was going to happen, and I still continue to believe it's going to happen. We are now running headlong into an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. The unstoppable force, of course, is the energy of the environmentalist movement that knows no bounds and is convinced the entire West must give up its way of life in order to save the planet. The immovable object is the fact of prices. A poor person cannot afford these massive spikes in energy prices. And if our government subsidizes those costs to the poor, what do we get? Inflation. When do we get it? In the next month before the election. You see what's going to happen here. The environmentalists and the populists are going to collide. The Biden administration is deeply worried about democracy. If the Biden administration were as worried about democracy as they say they are, they would not allow the Democratic Party to fund these Republican candidates, and they themselves would actually take seriously inflation. Because you're worried about fascist threats, you're worried about Nazis and communists, Inflation is how you get them. Inflation is what gives rise to dictators. Historically, inflation is when you have the most political turmoil, and we got the greatest inflation we've had in quite a while since Jimmy Carter was president. In Sweden, the far-right party, once affiliated with neo-Nazis, has had the best showing in the election there. They went from no showing to the best showing and will probably be part of a coalition government on immigration and inflation fears in Sweden. There are only three countries in Europe that have not seen a resurgence in right-wing fascistic, as the press would call them, parties. In this country... If the Democrats are really as worried about this stuff as they claim, they will be tackling inflation over everything else. And to tackle inflation, one, interest rates must rise, and two, government spending must stop. And instead, the Democrats continue to pursue greater spending. And now this gets to the problem. Gas prices are coming down and oil prices are going down, but natural gas prices are still skyrocketing. Coal prices are now going up. The lights have been flickering in California. There's another heat wave apparently coming. And then we get into the cold of winter. And in New England, a lot of New England residences use heating oil to power their furnaces. And that oil is way more expensive now. When you offer people a choice between freezing to death and staying warm, they tend to want to stay warm. When they can't afford to stay warm and they make some cutbacks... They start looking for people to blame. Therein lies the Democrats and the environmentalist movement. Remember, this Inflation Reduction Act became their climate change legislation. 
And the Democrats, led by the Secretary of Energy and the Secretary of Transportation, want you in electric vehicles and want you to buy brand new air pumps and, and air heating systems for your house that you can't afford because your income hasn't gone up. Here's Buttigieg. It's interesting to see how the states are trying to go above and beyond what we're doing at the federal level. And uh, I'm really interested to follow these developments while we continue to set a national policy that's the baseline for all of this. We need to move in the direction of electric vehicles, but we've got to make sure that this happens quickly enough to help us beat climate change. Um, you're going to have to start burning coal again, buddy. Therein lies the problem, y'all. Many of the most prominent environmentalists in this country and abroad believe that we're in the last decade to save the planet. This is not some sort of politically convenient belief like it is for the Democrats that Trump supporters are a threat to democracy. These people really believe we had this is our last decade to save the planet from flipping in an irreversible pattern of more and more global warming. And suddenly you've got major countries on the planet burning coal again, using natural gas, trying to find alternatives to natural gas. They aren't expanding. You can't build a nuclear power plant quickly. They're reopening coal-burning power plants around the world. If you're an environmentalist, if you're Greta Thunberg scowling at this, what are you going to do? My guess you're going to get a little bit reactionary. And that reactionism is going to turn into some violence. Because if you really believe the world is coming to an end in the next decade, if we don't stop this and suddenly you've got major pro-environmentally friendly countries around the world reopening coal plants and burning coal to keep their citizens' bills down at night, you're going to see some rail, rail line sabotage to try to prevent the coal from going to the power plants. And all that's going to do is cause a backlash. I mean, let's be honest here. It's going to cause a backlash against the environmentalists, but they don't really care because they really do believe that while you may not appreciate them, while you may not see them as the heroes they are, their cause is noble, their cause is just, their mission is pure and holy, and they're going to save you from yourself, and you'll thank them later. They really do believe this stuff. Just talk to them. They really do believe that they're heroes. It's like the, the most uh, the humble person you know. You just ask them, and they'll tell you. Uh, they, they, their cause is pure and just and righteous, and pure as the driven snow. And they're willing to be violent for their cause. We're about to have a culture clash globally. It's not just going to be in this country. We're already seeing they're, they're gluing themselves to uh, paintings, famous paintings in Europe to get attention. Some of them have super glued themselves to highways even here in this country. The protesting has started. As coal trucks move out of West Virginia and dump the coal into trains that move across the country, I mean, the environmentalists are going to be the ones wanting the rail strike. But you can see how this happens. They have internalized the idea that the world is at a tipping point. We're about to flip over. It's not just Guam anymore. It's the whole nation, the whole world. 
The only way to stop it is to stop the use of coal and natural gas to get us on wind and solar. They can't get us on wind and solar. Now coal is coming back. Coal is surging. They've got to do something. They've got to do it. Meanwhile, you just want a lower bill. And this is the problem for the politicians. The politicians have humored these people for so long. Now they've got to deal with you, the actual voter. They can't deal with the environmental zealots. they got to deal with the actual old people in New England who are going to freeze to death this winter because they can't afford the power bill. And they're upset about it. And on top of this, well, i got to pause because I have breaking news. The Dow Jones Industrial Average has now fallen more than 1,000 points here at 2.47, 2.48 p.m. Stocks are now down below $1,000. They're down 3.1%. The S&P 500 down 3.4%. The NASDAQ Composite down 4.3%. As of right now, more than 490 stocks in the S&P 500 have fallen. Uh, Meta, the Facebook parent, is down 7.9%. Caesars Entertainment down 7.3%. There are fears people are going to be cutting back entertainment costs and travel costs, reducing people going to casinos, reducing sports betting, and also reducing purchases. Apple and other companies all cratering right now. Uh, terrible economic news. Uh, Apple is down eight points. Um, Nike's down five Meta down 13 points, uh, some significant drops today across the board on major tech stocks, and not just tech stocks, every other stock out there right now. Uh, the Dow, since I started talking to you just a minute ago, went from down 1,009 points to down 1,025 points. This is happening right now. Uh, the stock market tumbling today, almost down four points. It is the largest decline in the stock market since May as they continue to digest this economic news. And on top of the economic news, the environmental news, power prices are soaring, coal prices are soaring, natural gas prices are soaring, gas and oil may be coming down, every other part of the energy sector is going up, and the environmentalists are furious about it and they need to stop it somehow because they really do think we've got just a decade to save the planet and they're not going to be able to save the planet unless they get disruptive. And that's going to cause a bigger backlash. The politicians who've been giving these people head pats are now going to have to pat on the head the senior citizens who vote. Now, I said their policies are pure as the driven snow. Um, the, the real deal here it made me think of the Eden Pure deal. And you may want to go to get your Eden Pure deal before prices go. I don't know the prices will go up. They got a pretty good supply chain, but with everything else coming right now, you can get three of them for less than $200. And they eat odors. They just wipe out odors. They don't mask them. They wipe them out. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, and you can get $200 off a three-pack of Eden Pure Thunderstorms. One for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your travel bag. They wipe out odors. They capture the dust and the pollen, too, but they really wipe out odors. You get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200, and you get free shipping by going to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. Uh, you put in my discount code, ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, you see the discount code on the front page, you put in ERIC3, you get the three-pack, you save 200 bucks, you get them for less than 200 bucks, you get free shipping, and you should do that. And before I hit the sounder to go to break, the Dow has slipped now down below a 1,030-point loss. That's really bad. Got to play you guys some audio here. This is should be deeply troubling to all of you. The whistleblower from Twitter has testified before Congress, Peter Zatko. He was highly respected, 
and listen to some of this audio from Peter Zadko as he talks about behind the scenes at Twitter, including how much data on Twitter users they have. Uh, a user on Twitter that was harassing some members of the executive team and some members of the board. Uh, and as an example, uh, this person, the CTO, came to me and said, Mudge, um, you know, is this a real viable threat? Do I need to be worried? You know, who is this person? And it took me maybe uh, 30 minutes to reach out to an employee and say, what do we know about this person? And then it only took that person maybe 10 minutes to get back to me and said, okay, here's who they are. This is the address where they live. This is where they are physically at this moment. They're on their phone. We know their phone number. We also know all of the other accounts that they've tried to set up on the system and hide. And we know who they are on the other social media platforms as well. So unbeknownst to a Twitter account user, uh, there is access to information far beyond what you think you've disclosed uh, that can be found. Uh, a user. Yeah. Now, here's the other one. This is, that was Dick Durbin questioning him. This is Mike Lee, the senator from Utah, questioning him. Many foreign governments like India and Nigeria and China specifically want to access and use that data to find and root out and punish dissidents. Why would they want to do that? Why would they want to subject their own users to this kind of harm with the grave implications that it carries, especially in those countries? I think they would like to, but they're simply unwilling to put the effort in at the cost of other uh, efforts such as driving revenue, um, I'm reminded of one conversation with an executive when I said, I am confident that we have a foreign agent, and their response was, well, since we already have one, what does it matter if we have more? Let's keep growing the office. You know, Elon Musk is now going to use this guy to testify. He's highly respected in the industry. Uh, you should know that he worked in government, uh, moved over to Twitter to help them with their security and is highly respected among Democrats and Republicans alike. This isn't a good look for Twitter. They're coming off looking very terrible here. Uh, and there are questions as to whether or not Jack Dorsey, who is the um, the former CEO and also one of the founders of Twitter, might have pushed this guy into the public after what happened, uh, that, that he has this guy's back. There are all sorts of not uh, very good rumblings coming out of Twitter on this. If you're a Twitter user or not, full disclosure, I am. I am. Uh, they got a lot of access to your information. But you know what? I will say this in their favor. They're not TikTok. TikTok, there's more and more evidence. They're just part of the communist Chinese surveillance state. And your kids are probably on TikTok. They may not be on Twitter. And you should be very concerned if you have